things that happen. And either you can kind of kick it off or jump in or whatever. Sure. Peter, you want to start in? Well, you want a little history on Yeah, me? absolutely. Well, uh, in 2006, we actually started the um, Jordan Cook Epilepsy Club. And um, that was, uh, I'm the co-founder of that with my son, Peter Cook Jr. And uh, his daughter, Jordy, came down with epilepsy. And um, we committed to raise $350,000 for Nash General Hospital growing up with epilepsy. And uh, it took us about three or four years in order to raise that money. Um, after that, um, my daughter, uh, uh, daughter, my mm -hmm. granddaughter, other granddaughter, uh, came down with uh, leukemia. And I had, prior to that, I had been a director of Leukemia Society in Boston. And uh, at that time, uh, we decided to go ahead and change the name from Cook Epilepsy Fund, Jordan Cook Epilepsy Fund, to Cook Family Charitable Fund. Mm -hmm. And uh, I then uh, also had a personal problem with alcohol. And decided that what we would do would be to form this 5013C, change the name to Cook Family Charitable Fund, and, and raise money for those people that were suffering from cancer, those people that were suffering from intellectual disabilities, and those that were suffering from uh, alcohol or drug abuse. So, Trudy, how did you get involved? Sure. In so, Peter and I actually met one another about nine or ten years ago. I was the former National Development Officer for Karen Treatment Centers, mm -hmm. uh, which is an inpatient substance abuse program based in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. I live in Massachusetts, but worked remotely way before COVID ever yeah. mandated <laughs> right. remote work. Um, and Peter actually sat on the uh, advisory board um, for the New England Council for Karen. So as a staff member, um, I worked hand-in-hand -hand with Peter and his fellow board members in um, promoting Karen, getting families into um, the treatment that they needed. Um, unfortunately, uh, with COVID, last year in the summer of 2020, um, Karen actually decided to permanently close their New England office. So um, the staff actually, we were laid off. And Mr. Cook reached out to me immediately and offered me a position um, as executive director for the family fund. Um, I was able to bring my um, professional expertise to the family. So talk about your roles within, within the organization. Well, as a co-founder with, with my son, we're responsible, obviously, for the success or failure mm -hmm. of our fundraising efforts. Um, we have a, a, a very, very, very active Also, uh, are a little bit different than some of the other uh, charities that are out there, and there are so many wonderful charities. Uh, it, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we as a small fund can't operate and can't compete with them. Uh, we're a little bit different in some of the things that we do. Okay. We set up a, a scholarship a board consisting of people that I've known throughout my career. Uh, in fact, they're local folks. Phil Tavares is on our board. Mm 
Mike Maresco is on our board there on our scholarship board, as is Joe McDonald. And so our, our focus is, is, is to help with financial aid for those people that are suffering from those areas that we talked about would be substance abuse, intellectual disabilities, and, and uh, cancer. We're a little bit different uh, in, in some of the things that we do. 100% of uh, the hard expenses are paid for by the Cook family and by our board. So 100% of the monies that we raise go for our financial aid and for our scholarships. We're a little bit different than yeah, some definitely. of the other ones. And we want to stay at that way. And my role as executive director, um, work hand in hand with Mr. Cook, um, another colleague of ours, Kim Howes, and the board. Um, and I help in um, strategic planning, mm -hmm. certainly working with the donors, helping out in um, special events, um, you know, looking strategically into grant writing, et cetera, for the programs, um, as Mr. Cook had mentioned. We um, sponsor mostly individuals and families. So someone um, who's in need of inpatient substance use treatment, who can't afford it, we will support the individual in helping them um, get the you know, treatment that they need. Um, helping families who are struggling um, with a family member with cancer, you know, if they have to go into Boston um, for their treatment, et cetera, help with the expenses of just, you know, the travel and right. whatever else is needed. Yeah, because so. I, yeah, I was curious to s curious as how the funds are given out. Are you giving them to another organization, individuals? How, how does that work, and how do you kind of, for lack of a better term, vet the people that you are giving the funds to? Well, the, the, the three areas mm -hmm. would be uh, intellectual disability. So we've been very active with uh, Cardinal Cushing, We've been very active with Work Inc., which I've known for many, many years. I ran their first golf tournament for them years ago and raised money. Uh, Cardinal Cushing, two years ago, uh, we donated uh, five generators for their uh, outpatient homes, which we did. Uh, uh, from uh, I'm trying to think, uh, some of the oh well, well, just recently, this past year. Uh, we are, uh, raised enough money for uh, setting aside $35,000 for a scholarship in uh, one of our members' son's name. Who uh, scholarship. lost his life. He lost mm -hmm. his son to uh, yeah. an overdose. Uh, during that same tournament, we raised enough money for $35,000 to set up uh, a fund for Tommy's Place yeah. uh, down in Falmouth. We were very active that because it was a Sheehan family here in Marshfield, who unfortunately uh, recently had passed away. Mm -hmm. and, you, and you ask a very good question is how do we determine who gets the money yeah. and who gets the scholarship, which is why we said, okay, fine, let's not the board make that decision. Let's set that aside, which is why we went to, to uh, Chief Tavares and, and Mike Moresco yeah. and, uh, and the sheriff. So when we have a uh, request for a donation for financial aid, it's passed on to them, and they make that final decision. We can make a recommendation, we're allowed to do that, but they can either reject it or accept it. And 99 and 9 tenths percent of the time, the people that, that need it get it. And 
to give you an idea of um, you know how how those choices are made at this year's tournament because Danny Sheehan actually was a client at Tommy's Place. Mm -hmm. uh, Tommy's Place is um, a new home located in Falmouth where families can actually have a vacation for a week. Uh, Danny and his family actually was a big part of the planning of that home. He actually does have a bedroom named in his mm -hmm. name. Um, and so with um, the police department's involvement with the Sheehan family um, and with um, you know, Phil Tavares on our board, the decision was made that that would be the organization that we chose for this year's um, golf tournament. So, Excellent. so for, and if you can say it briefly, what's the mission? For some, if someone came up to you at an event or something like that and they asked you what the mission of the organization is, what is it? You want to give that? I can read the formal one if you'd like. Sometimes people read the formal, and sometimes people just have kind of that one sentence. Yeah, no, I'll, well, I'll read the formal. <laughs> All right, let's so. hear it. Believing in the value of education, research, and direct care, the Cook Family Charitable Fund works to improve the lives of those struggling from addiction, cancer, and intellectual disabilities by helping to eliminate financial barriers that may impact their journeys. We also have a vision statement, very simple changing lives one day at a time. Excellent. So if someone came up to you and asked you, what's the most urgent needs of the organization? What are they? Like, how can they help you? Well, well money talks. <laughs> right. <laughs> of course. Uh, we're looking for donations. We just recently came out with our fall campaign. Um, uh, our, our biggest uh, way of raising, raising funds are running the golf course, running, running a golf tournament. Mm -hmm. you know, we run the golf tournament every year, and those the, the beneficiary of that changes on a year-to-year basis. Mm -hmm. One year it could be for uh, cancer victims, one year it could be for substance abuse, and another year it could be for disability. So we, we alternate every year. We do have special awards, okay, that we would give during that period of time. But that's our, our biggest way of, of, of fundraising. Uh, we also now uh, are, are working uh, towards receiving some grants, mm -hmm. which uh, we have received some grants from the state through uh, uh, Senator um, O'Connor. He's done a great job mm -hmm. for us. Uh, we just received, we just got this announcement uh, last week, as a matter of fact, we received a $50,000 uh, grant, which we hope to get in 2022. Uh, we're very, very That's pleased about that. So the golf tournament's the biggest... Correct. But we also, um, you know, work with individuals. I mean, if you really think about it, just about every family has been impacted by one of the three focuses that Absolutely, we work yeah. with. And so it's an opportunity for us to work with family members who are passionate about one particular focus mm -hmm. and um, allow them to know that their funds are being used to impact the lives of someone else who has experienced the same thing that they have. So talk about the work that goes into putting on like fundraisers and stuff like that. I think sometimes people don't realize that the work starts almost as soon as the last one ends. I, I've always had a term. I've been a professional fundraiser for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And um, I describe um, events as the necessary evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
you know, most nonprofits will host fundraisers. It's an opportunity to engage your donors, but also to meet new donors. Um, but when you look at the man hours involved, you're absolutely correct. I mean, the day after the golf tournament, which is held um, usually in July or August, uh, we're already planning for the next year's event. So, um, you know, everybody thinks that um, party planning is a lot of fun, which it can be, but um, it is a lot of work. Right. Go ahead, uh, Well, it, it, you're absolutely correct, <laughs> <laughs> because we already started. Not only do we run our own golf tournament for our own, mm -hmm. but we also, I also run um, Work Inc.'s uh, golf tournament for them, and we just signed their contract them for next year, which is until I think it's September 19, 2022, and I just signed the contract, <laughs> and we're working on our contract, which we're going to have in July, so they've got theirs sort of zeroed in yet, we haven't zeroed ours in yet, but there's it, a lot of effort goes on between now and, mm -hmm. and then when actually the golf tournament, we just pray that it doesn't rain. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, that's <laughs> Which it did thing. this year, but everybody came out in full force, right. and I think yeah. COVID really had a big impact on that. Um, in the past, the fund has also hosted um, comedy nights, mm -hmm. um, but that's been put on hold due to COVID. Yeah. So. I was, was going to ask, how has the organization changed or worked around the whole, around COVID? Because well, everyone's, everyone's had to think outside the box, do things differently. It's impacted some, it's hurt others, it's made things. The, the tournament in summer of 2020 was canceled. Okay. Um, you know, we, we planned ahead of time for the 2021 um, watching and waiting to see what was going on with COVID. But at the same time, it's also an outdoor event. So it was an opportunity for folks to get together, but safely, um, you know, even though it poured rain. Um, I think people were just so thrilled that they were able to see folks. Um, so, yeah, it's... Um, you know, but the only other impact for us was that uh, we have not hosted a comedy night in right. quite a while. And again, you know, even looking forward to 2022, we just have to wait and see. Right. For sure. Now, for those that want to learn more about the organization, is there a place they can go? Well, they certainly go to donatecook.org. Uh, okay. They could certainly call me, call Trudy, or call Kim at my office at uh, 781-535-5900. Uh, we're, we're looking for all the help that we can get. We're very, very, very fortunate. There's an awful lot of people that will, you know, come by and they'll say hello because I have my office right here in, right. Right here in Marshfield and say, you know, can you help us with this? You know, we can do this and so forth and so on. So, um, you know, we're looking for as much help as we can get. We're so grateful, uh, Jonathan, for so many people reach in their pocket for so many things it's it's hard you know we appreciate everything we can get right and the exact link for the website is uh, donatecookfamily.org right so if, what's the best way for someone to get involved or volunteer you know, what's the best way for them to do if someone's listening to this well again um, to get a hold of us um, at the phone number that peter just suggested um, they can contact us through the website um, but also um, you know we're looking always for donors, but if they're interested in um, volunteering for the golf tournament, absolutely contact mm -hmm. us, and we will always find right. a way for them to help. I wanted to jump to some questions that are more generalized nonprofit, you know, 
focused. So we all know the nonprofit world can be really rewarding, but at the same time, it's challenging. There are some struggles. What's some of the biggest challenges you guys have faced in the nonprofit sector? You want to take a shot at that? Sure. I mean, you know, again, as a professional fundraiser, having worked for uh, many different organizations, um, it's, a, it's not easy to fundraise. I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. Mm -hmm. um, you have to be extremely passionate about what you do. I mean, as Mr. Cook had said, you know, the reason the fund started was because of personal experiences with his family mm -hmm. as well as himself. Um, you know, the fund for me is a perfect fit as well. I'm the mother of four sons. I have one son who is um, in recovery for over five years from opiate addiction. He is one of the lucky ones. Mm -hmm. And even five and a half years later, I say he's doing well today. Mm -hmm. For today, he's good. Um, I'm a long-term cancer survivor, and I have two grandsons on the autism spectrum. So, you know, the struggles are that nonprofits, and there are many of them out there, are all competing for, the, for a limited pool of funds. So we need to figure out, you know, how, how do we continue doing the work but not duplicating other nonprofits, and how can we partner with others as well to um, get the work done that needs to be done. Yeah, that's a great point because I, we've had so many different nonprofits in and we've had that discussion of how do you, for lack of a term, fight for the same um, that pool of resources and not duplicate what other persons are doing. That's a really interesting yeah. response. You have to find the network, you know, that feels compassionate and feels very strongly about your mission. Um, you know, especially when we fundraise for addiction. Mm -hmm. You know, as we all know, addiction is uh, something that most people don't want to discuss right. um, if they're personally struggling. Um, they have to deal with the stigma. Mm -hmm. So um, it's getting over that barrier um, to let people know that, again, at the end of the day, just about everybody knows someone who has struggled with that disease. Um, and it is a disease. So, yeah, we just continue to do the hard work and um, do the outreach and just keep plugging away. Well, yeah, yeah, not only that, but... The, the word of mouth is tremendous for us because of our, our concept is helping people with financial aid. As Trudy had said is that everybody knows of someone that's had a problem either with alcohol or drug or with intellectual disabilities or with cancer. Mm -hmm. And our approach to help with the financial aid, that word, that word passes pretty good so that we get a little bit of free advertising on that from people that just read about us or know know that we've helped somebody either in either one of those areas. So that sort of helps. So we get checks that um, we don't know the people. They just said we heard about you. You guys are doing a great job. Awesome. And that's amazing that we get it that way. That's great. And uh, just to... Um, for Mr. Cook, just to let everyone know, he was just honored as a citizen of the mm -hmm. year for the town of Marshfield for all of the great work that he and his family have been doing over the years. So I was just going to ask, what, on the flip side of everything we just talked about, what's been the most rewarding aspect of 
oh, being in this. Is there one particular story or is there one like moment that really says like, yep, that's it? take a look at a mother and a father, okay, whose son has suffered from intellectual disabilities that gets a break in life, or those mm-hmm. that have that are better today, that had a problem with drug or alcohol, that are now clean and doing well and have been sober for two months or three months mm-hmm. or three years or five years. I mean, that's personal satisfaction, mm-hmm. especially from where we all come, is that here we have in our family, as Trudy said to her family, We've got an alcoholic, we've got people that are disabled, and we've got people that are a cancer victor, like in my granddaughter. And as Trudy said, she shares that same with her with her with her kids and her family. And the reward is just sitting here, aren't we one of the lucky ones? You know, let's see if we can help somebody else. It really is all of that. It's giving back. Awesome. So what's something about the nonprofit world that may surprise people that aren't involved in it, you know, that don't know a lot about it? Again, it's a lot of hard work. Um, But you just, you know, all of us, all of the nonprofits cumulatively, I think people need to think about just how much they benefit their communities. Um, If if we didn't have nonprofits doing the work, not be a pleasant world. So before we wrap up, is there anything else you want anyone that's watching this or listening to know about the organization? Well, we'd ask anybody that has any questions to please contact us. Uh, happy to answer any questions. Happy mm-hmm. to, to help anybody that's in need. Uh, that's why we're here. Right. And even um, outside of the fundraising, if any family's struggling about uh, what next steps they need to do in seeking treatment. Um, Peter and I bring years of experience. Um, you know, even though we focus in on fundraising, we spend a good portion of our day helping other families find a bed. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank well, you. Thanks so much for having yeah, us. I appreciate you. that, Jonathan. Thank you for the invitation. Mm-hmm.